I am Jesse Kester, and it is my honor and pleasure to introduce my co-host, Naomi Beatty. Wow. Hi, this is Naomi Beatty, and this is my co-host, Sidekick. I am what? <laughs> what? You do? Woo! We are way late on that one. You take that back. I am no co-host to you. You've been upgraded. Oh, thanks. So what? <laughs> so you've been my superior the whole time in your mind. You've I been mean, above me. I thought that was the thing that we'd worked out. <laughs> this I, Are we going to make it to the end of the opening song for the first time in movies, <laughs> the podcast? <laughs> Let's not. Too late. It's over. There it is, folks. You've heard it. You heard the whole (laughs) song today. Um, We have got a lot to get into. We've got a review of the Virgin Suicides that we have to we have to discuss. Um, When we talk about that, I'd bet dimes to dollars that we're going to talk about getting precious with your twee. Mm. We're going to talk about high pulp. We're going to talk about the halcyon days you never lived. (laughs) And we're going to talk about aloof to the roof. Okay. As we get into all that, and then I might. I might step out on a limb and pitch a film called Honeycomb to you. Oh, interesting. So we'll see how that Great. one goes. Sounds good. But before any of that happens, yeah. before even the slightest drop of those promises come to fruition, I have a question for you. Sure. Did you have any emotions this week? It's a two-parter. And if you did, what was the <laughs> dominant one? I was delighted this week. Hot diggity. No further <laughs> questions. I love that one. How about you? Um, much better than last week, oh, that's for sure. And I, I don't I, think much better is an emotion, though. Was there an oh, emotion? Um, less impenetrable depression. <laughs> Excellent. That's uh, good. All right. Now that we've cleared that up, it is time. Wait, is it time? Do we do anything else at the beginning? Um, I think that's it. Yep, then it is time for... The virgin, the talk of the virgin suicides. Just wait till this caffeine hits the bloodstream. It's going to be. You are already caffeinated. mm, Now I'm feeling good. Um, And it's not because of the virgin suicides, that's for sure. (laughs) Before we get into the the meat and gristle of this, I have have another question for you. Did you like the virgin suicides? Oh, that's such a complicated question. So I want to like the virgin suicides. And I don't dislike it and I didn't not enjoy watching it but it's one of those movies that I don't I don't know if I'm just not the audience for it or what I don't feel like I get it there I feel like there's definitely something about it that I am not understanding on a fundamental level and that it does not allow me to fully enjoy the movie okay how about you? Oh. <laughs> that was a real downer of an answer. <sighs> well, no, it was, I'm going to go in a similar vein, but less ambiguous. I thought it was garbage. <laughs> okay, that's and fair. We'll get into why. I, and let's, I, I do want to make a distinction. I don't think Sofia Coppola is garbage. Mm-hmm, I think sure. that this is an early film in a very distinct style, and that style hadn't been worked out yet. I think she bit off way more than she could chew Mm -hmm. and hid behind a kind of aloof to the roof attitude about all of it, hoping Mm -hmm. that 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 disconnected, not cynicism, but it's a a grisly type of cynicism in my mind would protect her from criticism. This was a lot like Suspiria for me where, Mm. but but that's not the point of this one. Just let us have this one where, anyway. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's, maybe that's where I, I get a little bit like I, like other movies that she's made. And so there's, Mm -hmm. there's, and there's enough style here that I want to believe she was intentional in everything she was doing. But I suspect that there was a lot of just throwing it at the wall and seeing what turned out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, 
uh, should we go academic or should we trash it? Let's go academic. I mean, come on, hold okay. ourselves to some kind of standard. Okie dokie. Then let's let's initiate. Let's kick things off with the question of what could we learn from this film? Was yeah. there anything you learned from it? So, so here's the the part that I find the most confusing about this movie. Okay. Um, which is the point of view, right? It's. It's a, and I want to believe that this is intentional and she's saying something that I just don't understand what she's saying yet because the movie is about sort of, from from as far as I can tell, it's sort of about how we treat girls and women, girls in particular, right? Um, How we objectify them, um, how we... Mythologize yeah, them from that's afar. A good way maybe? to put it, exactly how yeah. we how we turn them into what we need them to be, right? And by we, I mostly mean you. I'll, I'll take. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm taking responsibility for some of it there. Sure, but so so I think that that's what the movie's about. And so from that point of view, I understand the choice to sort of make the point of view the boys across the street because they are watching the girls and they're we're we're sort of watching their experience of the girls right um and we're watching the girls experience through their eyes but it makes you it it doesn't convey any emotion i don't think when you do it that or at least when it was done that way in this movie i i want you to draw me in with some feeling and i feel like I would have been the right audience to show, you know, give me a story about that experience that girls are having and how difficult it is. And there are like glimpses of that in the story. But overall, like every time you go back to like, what are the boys thinking about this? I'm sort of like, huh, oh, okay. I guess we care what the boys are thinking about this. And all they're thinking is, hey, this is crazy and tough to understand, but they're pretty. Like it's not, it's not really a a fascinating thought that they're having. It's not a nuanced take on the situation. They're just like, I wish I could understand these girls. Or date them. Either one would be fine. Yes, exactly. Um, Yes, the the intellectual disconnect that is a direct result of them of the, of the story being told from across the street mm-hmm. does no favors to the film. And for me, when you slap on top of that the the kind of aesthetic veneer that adds another layer of disconnect, like this coy flashback, it all feels like a photo that had a light leak on the camera feeling, and the stylistic overlays and the trip on her underwear where it freeze frames, yeah. and we, it it just has this really like this. It is it's aloof to the point of cynicism where none of it really matters to Mm. the film or the filmmakers. And I find that wildly disappointing, especially I mentioned high pulp at the top. Yeah, this is a pulp title. Virgin Suicides Mm -hmm. is an inch away from lesbian mud wrestlers or whatever. Like, it's just (laughs) like we're going for the the gut reaction Mm -hmm. in the title to to take something as meaningful as suicide and as meaningful as teenage years, mm-hmm. uh, put it through the pulp grinder, walk across the street, have no opinion and make it kind of stylistic and disconnected. <laughs> Done. <laughs> that was your reaction. That's, yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's your rating. Cool. Um, yeah. I told I, you we were going to get intellectual. <laughs> I, I really wanted to bring the high thought to the Bible. I see that. Um, no, I appreciate all, all of that that you just said. Um, I, I, you know, I think I agree with a lot of it. I probably, there, there are things that I think are good about the movie. So I wasn't totally a hundred percent, you know, let's focus on that for a minute. Cause I'm, there are things, there are kind of things I can say. I want to hear what you think first. Though, well, so let's I, talk I think mostly. Okay. So I guess it falls into, into sort of two buckets for me. What I liked about the movie 
I like the style, a lot of it. I think it is beautiful. Um, and I do think, like you said, you can see kind of how her style evolved from here to yeah. other movies that she's made, right? Like, I loved The Beguiled. I thought that was, have you seen that one? No, I have not. One of the most beautiful movies you could watch, you know, just like visually, just beautiful, right? Okay. And um, so I really like that. And you can see in that movie kind of this this movie in different ways, right? Yes, yes. Um, so for someone who doesn't normally appreciate like the filmmaking aspect of it, that's, you know, something that I liked. Uh, but I think that, you know, more than that, I like, I like some of the subject matter. I just wish that it had been handled in a different way. What subject matter did you like? Well, so I'm, I am, I would be the, the exact right audience to, to give me a story about, um, this particular time in young girls lives yep. when they're trying to become human beings. They're trying yeah, to become yeah. fully formed people and everyone around them is sort of forcing them to be a particular thing to yep, them. Right. Yep, yep, yep. So I, I like that. That's intriguing to me. I would totally watch that movie and I did watch that movie and then just didn't quite get and it. And then there's another beautiful moment there. It's uh, trying to figure out who they are and what they want in life and what she thinks she wants is trip. And she wakes up the next morning for, to the reality of, of what she was pursuing when he leaves her on the football field like sex is messy sex is embarrassing it's painful it's isolating it it doesn't work usually the first go around well i and i I thought that was a beautiful moment yeah i don't know if i took that away from that moment for me i thought that was more like um i i really saw it more that was the reaction to to the experience that he had had to be honest it was like he had decided that he was going after this girl and pursuing her and he got her and he got, you know, her at the dance and they were crowned homecoming king queen and then culminates in this, what should be a, you know, beautiful intimate moment between the two of them. If, if, Teenagers are capable of that, right? But then... Oh, teenagers are capable of beautiful okay, moments, sure. too. Okay. And I could so, tell you some stories. <laughs> great. And, uh, but so so everything goes perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. And then you see his reaction, which is sort of like, oh, is that... Like, is... It's all downhill from here, sort of, is what his face says, I think. Like, this, you know, I've now had the object of my desire and there isn't a reality version of this that I need or I'm interested in. Right. And so he walks away and then she wakes up and she's like, Oh, that's not, I, this was real life for me. You know what I mean? And that was kind of the impression that I got from it. But there was, I'm not saying there was beauty in what they did. There was beauty in the, in the truth of what was being shown Mm. on screen that of of the, the ways we hurt each other and the ways we don't plan to hurt each other. Don't plan to come up short. Like, I don't think Tripp was going to be like, I'm going to smash and then I'm out. (laughs) No. Yeah. I I do believe him that he said like he woke up, looked at her and, and, and was a different person than when they went out that evening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A wildly disappointing person, incredibly short, short, shortly thoughted, whatever that's called. Called. But um, I, there was beauty in that moment. Yes, for I me. agree, and and honesty and and pain in that moment. Right. Yeah, that it felt like an authentic moment, and there were there were a few of those in the movie. Yes. Um, sort of interwoven with very kind of like glib moments, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's and so I guess in that way it just felt uneven to me, and I like those those really truthful moments are almost enough. Like I, like I, yeah, I lean yeah, into yeah, them yeah, and I'm like, Oh, I yeah, want yeah, more yeah. of that. And then you, but you have to get through all the other stuff. Yep. And it, I find that other stuff kind of disappointing. 
I think I was thinking a lot about Lost in Translation while I watched this. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about like who Sofia Coppola is, what she grew up in and what she grew up with. The story of oppressive parents in suburbia and suicide, it ain't her story. It really wasn't. Uh, she had some moments that I do think were honest and beautiful. But when you get into Lost in Translation, like the life of an artist who's coupled with an artist and the other artist is too busy because of his art and you end up lonely and, yeah. and in a foreign country. That's her story. Well, that's like, literally her story. That's what I mean. And that's, I <laughs> yeah. think that's why Lost in Translation, it's beautiful moments yeah. that are backed by, by sincerity mm-hmm. of, of the human being. And this is like her, I wistfully, Let's let's just run with the metaphor. She's across the street looking at suburbia, wishing that she could understand suburbia. That's interesting. And she just doesn't get what middle class life. She can't get what. Why would she's freaking Francis Ford Coppola's <laughs> daughter? She'll never know what growing up in 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 middle America was like. She can't know. That's fair. That's probably fair. I mean, I still think that even if you don't know what it's like to grow up in middle America and you want to make a movie about that, you can still find truth in the emotions, which I think, again, yes. were hit or miss, you yes. know? Yes, you can, you can. I don't think she did. Yeah. I, do, I don't yeah. think I don't think she found her into that world, and suicide is such, like, you're taking a bite of something big there, and if right. you don't have something smart to say about it, if you don't have a yeah. new take on it, uh, an honest take, if you haven't really, like, looked down that barrel figuratively and or <laughs> literally, shut your damn mouth, because well, we can smell it on you right away. In, in fairness, I... I don't think the movie is about suicide in a real, in a literal way. I mean, I know that suicide happens in the movie, yeah. but I don't think that that is more s- symbolic. You know what I mean? I do. I know yeah. exactly what you mean. But when uh, this is a cheap trick a filmmaker can play, they can lean on cancer or 9-11 or suicide <laughs> or any of these big sure. emotional things sure. and get, get the audience on their side because like they're, they're, they're leaning on these things that everyone has a feeling about. But you don't just get to lean on them for free. Sure. And I feel like she was leaning on suicide for free. And I know it's not the only thing that she was talking about. It might not even be the main theme. Mm-hmm. But if, if that's like if that's what we're pulling the threads yeah. on, think. Just think, please. Right. Uh, since we're talking about adaptations this month, um, that's probably something we should mention in this conversation, right? Which is that there's, um, since neither of us have read the book, we're yeah, woefully we're, unprepared for this. Yes. But um, I do think it would be interesting. I was wondering if you were going to see, like if we were going to try to bullshit our ways through <laughs> no. that, but okay. No. Cards just, on the table. Yeah, transparency. Um, it would be interesting to look at the book and figure out sort of what that takeaway message was there that didn't make it onto the screen, right? Yeah, because I think yeah. that there's probably some spirit of that story that she was trying to convey and I suspect it's not 100% there, and there's probably a lot more in the novel that would be interesting and thought-provoking. That's something that's been on my, on my mind a lot from Pet Cemetery to mm-hmm. this, and I just watched an interview with a vampire last night. Awesome film. Can't <laughs> wait to talk about that one. Um, is that there's so much internal monologue. There's so much thought and feeling that you're allowed to know about in a book that you don't get in a film. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, um, I don't know if you've ever heard anyone say this, but a lot of times sort of the pervasive wisdom is like short stories make better films than novels do because it's one concise story with yeah. a beginning and an end and fewer characters, usually fewer points of view, yep, yep, yep. fewer digressions, you know, so it's like an easier adaptation. And probably less emotion focused on a short story. 
story. Like you've got business to get mm. to in your 25 or 30 pages. So right. you get to the business instead of walking down the street and remembering all right. the feelings you had five years. Like right. you really get to go on garden paths. Yeah, it's a, probably a little bit more direct of a journey, right? Yeah. From the beginning to yeah. end. Yeah. Um, although, uh, you know, one of the trends we've seen recently, and I think this is true, has been true for a while is like a, a novel can make a really good first season of a, yeah, of a TV show yeah, yeah, or, yeah. you know, something we like are that. in, they call it the golden age of television. I do think we're in the golden age of adaptations and storytelling mm-hmm. where uh, a limited series or an extended series yeah. just, you can get so much, you can have <laughs> so much fun with that. Yeah. Uh, what else? The halcyon days we never lived. I think I covered that. That's yeah. like, it's not Sophia's story to tell, yeah. but she looks at it with these rose colored glasses about what it was like to live in this world that she has no, no insight to whatsoever. Uh, getting precious with your tweet. I don't need say no more about that. That's uh, pretty obvious how we, where we land on that. Um, any, what was, I had one more thing. No, no, no. I think we covered it all. Is there anything else that's on your mind? You know, I'll ask you about Sofia Coppola as a filmmaker because I am, again, not the not the filmmaking. And I am not the Sofia Coppola expert, but (laughs) but, I'll see what I can. can... What do you? What's your impression? Do you? For a few questions for you. Hit me. Okay. First, do you think that we are? Are we doing this instead of academic corner? Let's let's do that instead because I I really don't have an academic take on this one other than like I wish I understood it more fully. Uh, No, but I I have a few questions for you as far as filmmaking. And Sofia Coppola go. Yes. Do you think we're harder on her because she's a female filmmaker? That's question number one. Okay. And question number two is, do you think she, and this is loaded because you can't possibly know this, but do you think... I will answer <laughs> complete with complete confidence. Do you think that she is more into visual trickery because she's trying to prove something in this early effort? All right. First question first. No, I'm not hard on her because she's a woman. I am harder on her because she's a Coppola. Mm. That she she was born on third. If I smell anything that she acts like she hit a triple, uh, I'm going to be furious. If she ever talks about how hard it was to make a film, yeah. she can. I will pick her up by the rear collar and boot her so she flies out the front door. <laughs> like a um, cartoon character. <laughs> exactly. In fact, there's even a story. Did you read about this? She uh, read The Virgin Suicides, mm. went ahead and adapted it to a screenplay, found out somebody else had the, had the rights to it, mm. went to that production house and was like, what do you think of my adaptation? And they were like, we love it. We'd rather make yours than ours. So she can shut the up wow. about any hardship she's had. <laughs> like rule number one is you don't adapt without <laughs> the rights. And she just figured she could waltz in. And mm. you know what? She did waltz in. <laughs> well, yes, I do think being a Coppola probably, I mean, this is a funny um, conversation to have after watching Chappaquiddick, right? And talking about privilege and and um, how, yep, yep, you know, yep. being born a Kennedy gets you certain things in life, right? So being born a Coppola gets you certain yeah, things in life, too. Yeah. Um, I I mean, your your reaction is interesting, though, because I just think there are so many, and not to make this, you know, gender politics show. Let's, make, let's do it. We but, got... We got Six minutes to burn. Let's. Go. She may be the first woman I've ever heard of doing that, like taking the audacious risk, apologizing later, you know. Mm-hmm. But she is certainly not the first filmmaker I've heard of doing something oh, like that. Oh, that's true. That's you know? true. So 
And that wasn't like a yo get out of here with your audacity. That was like a she. I, I she feel she complain. has no right to complain sure. about the lot she was sure. handed in life. If That's I fair. ever hear her say, "Oh, it's so hard to get movies made," right? No, no, it's not. You're the daughter of a Coppola, right? That's like, fair. That's you, fair. You, you don't get to complain about that. You can complain about other things, yeah. But I still won't be interested. <laughs> Um, no, no, but, um, and the second question was, do, do I feel like she's, she's trying to prove something because her family, the name looms so large in visual filmmaking and yeah, like, because this to me again, mm-hmm. is not, not being a filmmaking buff, this felt to me very, um, like sort of, this is going to sound worse than it is, I think, but very contrived of an effort, you know, like there were just a lot of tricks. There were a lot of visual tricks that she was employing and they didn't all necessarily seem to go together. And so I was thinking, is that, does that result from someone who just doesn't know their voice very well yet or their visual, visual style signature or whatever very well yet? Or is that like, I'm trying to prove that I know all the tricks. I, I wasn't getting that feeling. I don't, I, of course, I don't know. I'm not inside Sophia's heart or her head, but um, see how I use I'm her first sure, name? I'm sure you're in her heart. <laughs> I, I'm in most people's hearts, though, so that's not fair. But it's, I felt like she was authentically fascinated by album covers mm-hmm. and by old photos sure. and by this feeling that you get when you see something semi-antique. Yeah. And she just wanted to be a part of it. I feel like it was an authentic desire to be a part of this world that's that's across the street from her whether she emulated it well enough to like we could smell i could smell her a mile away is not authentic but i do feel like the the fascination sure is authentic it wasn't disingenuous yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i do feel like she authentically loved like the shots of kirsten dunst in the field when the sun is setting Mm -hmm. i think she knew she had her reference photos of what moved Mm -hmm. her heart and came to set and said like we want to recreate Mm -hmm. this and they got as close as they could with with what they had to work with. And also that she continued to evolve and employ these tricks and leave some behind as she continued her film film career makes me think like it's an authentic fascination and that she employed them to such successful ends in her later films. It, I, I'm going to round everything in this up to sincerity right. from sure. her, even if it was misguided and infantile when she made this film. And I don't, everybody starts infantile. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to marginalize her. We all start out. We don't all start out with the budget that she had or the connections that she had in in our infantile states. And we do them much more in private than she did. Yeah. That's Um, fair. So and like probably on a smaller scale, like a short film. Or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we make those mistakes in front of our friends. She made them in front of Can. Right. And everybody loved it. Right. <laughs> and then there's that thing, like. The, yeah, she, I think you know what you just you just hit on something is like that is the feeling that I have. The overall feeling that I have from watching this movie is like. Is the emperor wearing clothes? <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, yes, and and if I had seen this at at Ken, like if this is all I knew of her career, I'd say the emperor is butt ass naked. <laughs> right. But since but we've seen later, the rest of her yeah, career, yeah. I, I do believe that the 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 passion, the care, the curiosity sure. is sincere, and it takes time to grow. It's yeah. films aren't simple. Right. They're so complicated, right. and you rely on so many other people. Yeah. That there's the chances of of hitting a home run your first is it's it, it's monumentally impossible like a brick is such a rarity mm-hmm. and that she got so much right on this film look at me swinging for <laughs> sophia like she needs it 
Maybe she does. I don't know her. I don't know. Maybe yeah. she's very sensitive. Maybe. She probably is, Judge. Uh, have I answered your question? You have. Or have Thank I blathered you. enough that we don't even know what the question is anymore? No, I think that's that's fair. You you brought me around a little bit. So. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think this was a good film. I really don't. So I, funny enough, I actually probably liked it more than you did. That's um, very possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking over my notes, seeing if there's anything good. Oh, the other thing. This is the worst mixed film I've ever seen. Mm. Where it goes from people talking under the, to yeah. blasting 80s hits to people talking I do not the, notice any of those things. Drove so. me wild. <laughs> I was riding the volume switcher of the, the remote the whole time. So yeah, take that to the bank, Sophia. <laughs> anything else? That's it. I think we've covered everything for this for this um, this film. Don't All you? Right. I do. Okay. I do. Then let's move on to are you ready for what's next i'm ready no you're not are you ready Uh oh oh you're right i'm not ready you're not ready for this i don't know what's coming this is something that's never happened before on the show and it's not halloween music (laughs) so we've got a new segment and this segment is so intense so awesome and so very rare that i'm gonna let the one the only nate dog introduce it there's a little more beat before he comes in for his his words. The segment I believe is called "Put Your Nuts on the Table." <laughs> Here we go, Nate Dog, please. All right. There's more. <laughs> yeah, I have no doubt. <laughs> All right, now what could possibly? What do you think? What, what do you no think is happening where right you're now? Where you going with this? Okay, there's something that happens. It's only going to happen like three or four times if we do this show forever. Okay. It's only going to happen three or four times, okay. and this is one of them. Okay. Where I already have a script that I could pitch against oh, this one. Okay. So I'm not even going to pitch that one. You know what I'm going to do instead? I have no idea. We're going to post it. I'm putting my nuts on the table. Wow. So if anybody okay. wants to read, it's called A Very Minor Suicide. Okay. It's about, uh, I'm not going to pitch the full thing. I'm just going to give yeah. you a rough idea. Sure. And or then we'll move on from that. Um, it, it, it takes place in the 24 hours after a suicide at a small town, a rural town in Pennsylvania. You wouldn't believe I'd write for that area, would you? Uh, and it follows kind of the 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 concussion that goes out from this mm-hmm. from this shotgun blast through a community and how it affects the community, how how people deal with it, how people process it, how people try to figure out what was going on in his head and what it means to the family and what it means to the town. Um, yeah, it's a very minor suicide. Okay. Uh, anybody is warmly welcome to read it if you want to chit chat about it. If cool. anybody writes in or has questions or anything, whatever it is, let's talk about it. Um, if it feels a little lumpy and uneven, that's because I wrote it for a specific cast that I had and then we didn't end up making it. So there will be characters that you're like, why are they mm. spending so much time mm-hmm. with this character? It's because we knew we would have, we could get them for the two weeks that right. we needed them. So I had to write that part to be filmed Got it. Okay. while they were in town well that'll be an interesting thing to get feedback on yeah but i'm not pitching that one this is this is a totally different segment and uh i don't have that many scripts in my back pocket it's going to be very rare that we get to do (laughs) uh to do this segment so i wanted to give it proper fanfare if if a little overly long so are you going to post it in the show notes or show notes um on the website i mean yeah 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 on the show notes on the website i guess when we do the post on the facebook group i'll have a link to it in the comments somewhere 
Uh, yeah, enjoy it. It's, it's okay. not a bad script. It's I, and and just to clarify, do you want feedback on I'd it? Like, love are you feedback? Inviting not, people to give you critique or knowing that I'm not going to rewrite it, you're okay. welcome to say whatever you want about <laughs> it. it. Okay. But I, so it's if, not a workshopping situation. You're not looking for critique that that you can well, take I don't away. Know. And, I don't know if you if if you read it and you have a thought or two. Chuck them my way. Maybe I'll reopen the file because it can always be improved. Knowing that we're not writing it for these actors, we could kill some storylines or beef up some other storylines or answer some questions that I didn't answer in this mm-hmm. one or happy to reopen it. I really like the script a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's got a, a strong story and some interesting characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't have a, we don't land hard on anything, which I think is a problem of virgin suicides mm-hmm. and makes me very glad I didn't make the draft of this script that exists right now. Cause it doesn't have a, it doesn't end with a, this, that, or the other. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like, well, that was wild, mm, okay. uh, which I think is film suicide. Now that I'm watching and analyzing yeah. at a more deep level, like <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, you know, if you're going to make a film, you leave the audience with like something to take away. Yeah. yeah. Why not say something yeah. if you're going to be spending all this money right. and taking up all this time. Um, so yeah, that's put your nuts on the table. Okay. Cool. Um, and now that that's well and done, we can finally move on to the pitch. <laughs> I am way going to run out of different ways totally, to say these yeah. things. This is, there's only so many notes my voice can hit. Um, honeycomb, you ready? I am ready. All right. You might be starting to notice patterns in what I think about when I pitch this one. Okay. Actually, can I back up a little bit? Sure. Now, this one, Honeycomb, this is based on a true a true night of my life. Okay. Um, do you want to know some framework of what really happened, or do you want to just hear the story? This is a question I have about pitching adaptations, about thinking about adaptations. Mm-hmm. How important is the source material? So, I think and this is just my personal opinion, if you can lead with something that connects you to the story that you're about to pitch, like Mm -hmm. a personal experience or something like that, right? I think that's good because it sort of instantly lets us know that you are connected to and invested in this story and you have some, there's like some authentic thing that you're bringing to it, right? Okay. Um, So I think that's good. The, the caveat there is that I don't know what ex- what the experience is that you're about mm-hmm. to tell me, and I don't know what the pitch is. So after I hear those things, I may okay. not change my mind, but I may alter, I may adjust that advice. Okay, okay. And the other thing is, mm-hmm. uh, the game today is that I will try not to say, but that's not what happened anywhere in the pitch. <laughs> yeah, that's always a good thing to avoid. Um, so I, I don't know if you know this. I, I went to, hold on, let me let me get my posture good for this sentence. I love saying it. I went to private school on the Mediterranean in high school. <laughs> for all four years? No, or? no, okay. just for, for a short while. Okay. But um, <clears throat> I did go to private school on the Mediterranean. I see. And this, I was in a boarding school, uh, and like there's, the, there's kind of an image of boarding school, and the reality of it was very different. That mo- About half the kids were foreign kids who were trying to get their, like their parents were trying to get them like foot in the door to live in a better country than where they were living and uh, paying private school fees, getting the student visa and kind of getting them started on that was always a a reliable way to do that. So half the kids were out of country kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe 40% were uh, the children of of abusive or neglectful homes Mm. 
and the parents had money but no affection for their child, so they just send them to the school to get rid of them so they wouldn't have to look at their, you know, their faces and mm-hmm. be reminded of how much they ruined their own lives or whatever. It was really horrible. And the, yeah. they'd send us home on Fridays and then we could come back Monday morning. Like the, the school's policy was you have to have some involvement with your kid's life because I think there was the, the reality of too many parents like... Uh, just dumping their Yeah, kids. set it and forget it. Yeah. Um, so... so a lot of kids would come back Monday with black eyes or with their arm in a cast or mm-hmm. something like that. Like obvious, obvious uh, familial abuse. Mm-hmm. And then 10% were just like kids who were good, smart kids and their parents were trying to get them into, you know, like if this was the best private school they could afford. Mm-hmm. So they would send them to the boarding version of it, mm-hmm. hoping that that would get them even more academic edge. So as far as the school itself and you can tell me also if this is different in your story, but, mm-hmm. um, it was, is it, would you consider it like an elite school? Is no, it, no, no, no. This was at the, I would put it at the more casual end of private schools. Okay. So still a private school. Okay. So it's a little bit above public, but it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, it's not the Harvards and Yales. Mm-hmm. It was more like the casual right. private school. And there okay. was a, there was a non-boarding addition of the school. So mm-hmm. uh, only a small percentage of the students were boarders, the yes. out-of-country kids and okay. the children of abuse whose parents hated them, and the very minor <laughs> group who were just like, the parents wanted them in an academic environment yeah. all the time. Okay. Um, one night, and there were two proctors. There was one male proctor and one female proctor, mm-hmm. and the male proctor had two floors, and the female proctor had two floors that she had to look after. Uh, one night, one of the female students tried to kill herself, which meant that there's a party in Glendale today. Has trick-or-treating started early? I don't think so, but it sounds like a bunch of kids out there. Which meant that the school, the male proctor had to take her to the hospital to get her stomach pumped, Mm -hmm. which meant that the female proctor was the only one Mm -hmm. in charge. Now, she was right out of, like, two-year college, Mm -hmm. so she was maybe 21, Mm -hmm. looking after kids who were 18. There's, like, no line between that. She had no authority. And what happened that night was... Like evil took over the school, like the mm-hmm. the worst. It's like in, a Lord of the Flies situation. Very much <laughs> like that. The worst and the worst kids came out, and it uh, it was anarchic hell for one night. Wow. And we'll get into a lot, not a lot, but uh, there's a fair bit in here that's that's true. Okay. Um, is that enough framework? Yeah, yeah. So if I were, if you were pitching this like in a meeting, mm-hmm. um, I would, I th- I do think that that's interesting because it gives you it it tells us that you have. Uh, experience in this world. So, you know, saying that you, for however long you went to boarding school on the Mediterranean when you were in <laughs> private boarding school, thank you very much. School, yeah. Um, I think is interesting. Of course, you know, people are going to ask where you were mm-hmm. and how long you were there and things like that. Um, and then rather than, because I don't know yet what's in your story, rather than giving the details of like this girl tried to kill herself and then chaos ensued mm-hmm. over that night, I would probably say, so this story um, actually comes out of something that happened uh, while okay. I was yep, there, yep, yep. right? Because that way you're not giving away the story details yet. Oh, I'd give them all away. That's the story. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, good pitch. <laughs> um, you want to get into it? Let's get sure. into Honeycomb. Uh, when the st- log line, if I may. Mm-hmm. When the students of a boarding school are left unattended for one night, anarchy overtakes the campus. Through it all, one introverted high schooler's High schooler is torn between the charismatic upperclassman who recently befriended him, clearing the cloud of violence and a budding first romance. Mm. Lots of you know, lots of gears grinding against each other. Tell me how you see this tonally. What's what are you going for? 
If you think you are the first person to ask that question on that log line, you are wildly misguided. (laughs) Um, The tone... um, I would put it somewhere between the Virgin Suicides and Dead Poets Society, okay. uh, coming of age drama, yeah, yeah. to be sure. What other tones might that have evoked? Well, um, since I got you here, Thoroughbreds. Have you seen that one? I have not. It's a recent one that's very, you know, uh, have you seen Heathers? That's on the list. Okay, so it's like very, very dark comedy, very sort of um, uh, cynical comedy, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I, I just think it's good, especially, I don't know, with teenage protagonists, I feel like um, tone is a very important thing to specify, and it can go, any story that has teenage protagonists can go so many different directions, because you don't know if you're going, like, Disney Channel with it, or, Uh, like, adult diehard, you know, in a boarding school with it, you know what I mean? No, it is not adult diehard in a boarding school, that's... (laughs) Although, <laughs> but you know, like that—that's a—that's a version of the story, right? Is like the diehard version of it. Yes, and yes. then holes is also a version of it. Yeah. So I think it's just important to to kind of clarify like what you're going for. One thing I got a lot was—is uh, it a horror film? When I, I would tell I people see, that, yeah, yeah, I can see that because it's a contained environment. Yep, and, and it's unmonitored. It's yeah. chaos. It's, it could be violent. Yeah. It could be ter- it terrifying. It could be like um, the crazies, right? But in a boarding school. You have seen too many movies. I'm going to have to no ask you to. No one has ever said that to me before. <laughs> ease off the throttle a little bit. Uh, limit it to seven films a week. <laughs> but like, but the crazies takes place in a small town, and mm-hmm. it becomes a contained environment because they sort of become closed off by the government, who's trying to contain this like outbreak of craziness. Um, and so your your movie could be that yeah, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyway. yes, okay. So I got to front load a mood into that log line somehow. I don't think or... you have to front load a mood. I think the log line is good. There's okay. it's, it's a very thorough log line. If you were really pitching this, or if you were writing a query letter for something. I would give the log line and say, in the vein of okay, whatever, yep, yep, you know. yep, yep, got it, got it. You want to get into it? <laughs> yeah, Let's see ahead. what happens. Thank you, and <laughs> and please don't don't be afraid to interrupt me as we go through this one because you know the real time feedback is is delicious. Okay, I don't mind it at all. <laughs> um, if we start out the, the honeycomb is this girl, and and it is uh, for all the railing we did in that review. I did in that review of the disconnect. Honeycomb is this girl who's far away from the other students, who doesn't talk to them, who doesn't socialize much. And the reason they call her honeycomb is because um, her face is burnt in, with honeycomb pattern. Her dad pushed her into a space heater, so mm-hmm. she's got these scars down the side of her face that look like a mm-hmm. look like a honeycomb. So this is the nickname the students have given her. Um, the, the main, the main guy, our guy, our guy, his name is, uh, Cyril and he's, he's a bit of an introvert. He's got a roommate. Mickey is his roommate in, in the boarding school. Uh, he's got a crush on this girl, Lagrima, and she's warm hearted. She's, uh, got very, very strict parents though. So, and another thing is like, uh, as you think about this film, I would imagine it's told in a vignette way, like. Virgin suicides that it would be kind of that like here's okay. a thing that happened here's a thing that happened here okay. and hopefully with through careful construction it would uh, be more than the sum of its parts mm-hmm. by the end that's the that's intent. a challenge that's yes. a challenge let's hear it <laughs> um, who else do we have uh, and then oh and then there's the devil's triad there are these three boys uh, Janky Spitz and Chris mm-hmm. and they're the 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 upper class men who are are anarchists through and through okay and uh, 
uh, we the first maybe 10 minutes of the film is kind of establishing who all these folks are, their relationship, how the school works, kind of the mechanics, mm-hmm. the, the environment, the culture, the hierarchy. Yeah. The uh, rules then, of the world. Yes. Yes. Um, which are all very clear to me. And this might be a forest <laughs> from the trees. So if any rule is unclear, please ask as sure. we go. Um, uh, then one day, uh, Honeycomb comes to school. Also a dancer. Okay. A, a passionate dancer who uh, everybody knows is not going to make it because her face is mm. too what, scarred for success. What kind of dance? Uh, interpretive, free, okay. but good at it. Okay. Not, she's, not, <laughs> she's not a lousy dancer. <laughs> but she comes to school with a broken leg, which oh. um, an, a, a, the, it was, I imagine from her perspective, by a thread she was hanging on to the dream. Now the dream is, mm-hmm. is gone. Um, so for that, that week... She shows up with the broken leg. Of course, there's no conversation about it. Only speculation from from our main guys. Uh, questions. Ooh, what happened? But nobody really talks to her. Nobody really knows her. Not even her lovely mother girl that Sarah could uh, possibly match up with mm-hmm. is uh, is Honeycomb's roommate. Okay. But even even she doesn't really talk to her. It's, okay. it's a very isolated girl. So the week goes by as usual. There's a cloud over everything. There's kind of a heaviness to the whole thing, especially because it's all speculation and nobody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Thursday night, uh, uh, Honeycomb uh, swallows all of her Vicodins in one night trying mm-hmm. to kill herself. I have a question. Hit me. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm intrigued so far, but here's my question. Why do they care so much? Why is Why does the girl showing up with a broken leg kind of throw everyone in for a loop? Because gossip, when you have okay. 30 kids, 30 high schoolers mm-hmm. in, uh, in, a, in a closed environment together, yeah. they uh, every night they're sleeping and chatting and sure. eating dinner together. And there's the segregation at the dinner tables. There's mm-hmm. always, even when nothing is happening, there's yeah. plenty to whisper about. I, I buy that and I believe it because I have been a kid and been mm-hmm. in environments like that. I think you might need something more, either some some character that has a personal connection that's like trying to get the truth and she won't say, and I don't know, you know what I mean? Like only because I, it feels very, um, it feels like it could end up feeling contrived of like, mm-hmm. we need this information. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone's curious about this information when it's sort of like, well, really? I mean, e- Either she, either her dad broke her leg, right? Which yes. is kind of what everyone suspects. Yes. And if that's the case, not, not who cares in like, that's not something to care about, but like, what are the, why do these kids care? What are they going to do about it? You know? Yeah. How does it affect them? Yes. I was thinking that there could be a really good scene with Cyril and uh, Honeycomb. Mm-hmm. Like he goes to, she, she goes to the rehearsal room as she would anyway, and he follows her there to see what she tries to do, mm-hmm. which it, she can't do anything, and he tries to talk to her, but he's not good at talking to people, so it ends up being this kind of like soul-crushing, he's just making it worse by trying to make her say something mm-hmm. about a thing that she doesn't yeah. have the the means to talk. She doesn't have the will to talk about right. right now or the full understanding of it. And I think that's a good idea to have your main character engage directly with her in some yeah. way so that we get to understand what is the emotional driver of this whole situation right now. You know what I mean? Yes. And a little bit of, if you mix in rumors with a little bit of awkwardness and uh, ignorance of how to, how to speak tactfully to somebody else, you can... You can uh, get yeah. a lot of juice out of that interaction. And I think if you make it less about like uh, the speculation of what happened to her and and basically put it on your main character, like like help us understand 
what effect this is having on him. And mm-hmm. and it could just be exactly what you said. Like he is trying to uh, in some way connect with her or be, you know, be socially accepted or whatever. And so, and that, you know, backfires and goes terribly wrong. That at least allows us to experience it through him yeah, and see yeah. something is happening here. Like something is happening to him. You yes. Know? Yes. And it's very possible that he could be trying to be a friend to her and not have the, the social skills mm-hmm. to do that yeah. and make things much worse. Yeah by speaking out of turn foolishly. Yeah. I might be able to relate to that <laughs> impulse and shortcoming. Um, so she swallows the, that, the, the rest of her pills in mm-hmm. one night. Uh, then the male proctor, would you believe it? He has to take her to the hospital. And what do you think would happen after that? I see exactly why you said I shouldn't tell the whole story in the preamble. Because now it's, uh, yeah, we're, we're treading. Well, so tell me where you are in the story. So are you thinking the her her killing herself is like the inciting or uh springbird springbird one is showing up with the broken leg okay. springbird two is the suicide so that so. is a this is a very good thing for us to talk about then Hit so me. springboard one is your inciting incident right okay and so we know that the function of the inciting incident is to cause some sort of problem or opportunity for your main character that they have to contend with and so that's what i was asking for with yes. like what does this do for him like she shows up with a broken leg why does he, you know what I mean? And so that's, yes. that's like, I'm, I'm now asking the question again that we already yes, addressed, yes, but, yes. but well, that's exactly, it's. Let's turn the volume up on it a little bit. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, have, have her roommate, Lagrima, uh, not, not be able to get this information out of her. And mm-hmm. let's have Sarah be, uh, wanting to do this to get closer to the person that go. he feels affection for. Yeah. And that there's more, you know, then, then we have like a full blown fulcrum of three people yeah. seesawing together. Yeah. So if she shows up with the broken leg and he says, oh, this is an opportunity for me to get closer to the girl I want to get closer to by, by genuinely being a nice guy and trying yeah. to befriend this girl, I can buy that. And so, um, and then it goes horribly wrong and she ends up killing herself yeah. with the break into two or is that's that the some, break into somewhere two. in the debate? Okay. That's, um, uh, I, th- I would say that's the break into two because after that is when things kind of go off the rails a little bit. So here is, since we're talking structure, which yes. is my favorite thing. Yes, yes, <laughs> so, yes. Um, so at the break into two, the what that what that does, what the plot point does really is it it kind of cements for us like where we're going in this story. What is this, you know, what the act two adventure is the meat of the sandwich. And so like that is kind of what we're launching at that break into two. Right. So if, if, um, tell me what your character's story goal is. If you, if you may, if you will. (laughs) Oh, and here we get into another thing and we're going to get into this next week on, uh, uh, the interview with the vampire, Mm -hmm. the vampire chronicles of vampirism is a lot of adaptations. And this is true for Chep Quiddick. This is true for uh, the Virgin Suicides, and it's true for the next week's one where it just feels like, and then this happened, mm-hmm. and then this happened, and then this happened, and then some more bigger stuff happened, and now we're done with the film. Yeah. And I'm worried that this is a pitch that does have a, yeah. and then this happened, and then this happened kind yeah. of feel to it. Yes, exactly. Um, what, we're, what we're working towards is the main character having to choose between uh, his new in with the upperclassmen, the very charismatic upperclassmen. Uh, budding romance and actually doing the right thing by other people. Okay. And let's okay. L- let's let's lay some more track, yeah, and then we'll it. we'll see if it if it uh, pays dividends or okay. not. If if we hit that goal, um, 
Act Two is where we are now, and the social order of the school breaks down in very minor ways that don't really hurt anyone. It's kids sneaking out of their rooms and going to have like little chit chats and powwows and mischief managed, but still mischief. Um, the the uh, female proctor uh, is smelling that. She doesn't have control and is hoping that it just stays as managed mischief on its own and that nothing escalates Mm -hmm. so that she doesn't have to have her authority challenged because she uh, won't win that challenge. And I think she seems so much older. I was 16. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she was in her 20s. Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) now I think about like the difference between 18 and 20 is like. Yeah. negligible yeah. 16 and 20 yeah. is noticeable yeah. but um what's your main character doing in this section of the movie um forgive me for leaning on kind of like a breakfast clubby stuff mm-hmm. that they're ju- it's slow burn in the early. i know okay. we're supposed to kind of go carnival but it's <laughs> it's more just uh getting to know you getting to know all about you um oh but he does he sneaks out and ends up chatting with lagrima in the 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 stairwell it's a f- six-story buildings, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of good stairwells to hide in if okay. you want to chat quietly with someone and not get in trouble, because the proctors take the, the elevator anyway to get there, so you can you can dodge them easily. Sure. Um, the Devil's Triad mm-hmm. bumps into them in the stairwell, and they are well on their way to the uh, the kitchen of the school, where they plan to to ransack the place and really really get it turned up tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, two, the two younger kids get pulled into it, go down there, and um, and the, everybody loads up. Uh, the older kids load up on on wine, and the younger kids load up, load up on on yogurt and mm-hmm. grapes and whatever you know, just like the normal snacks. <laughs> sure. But they they uh, they they get swept up in it. Everybody goes back, and the 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 night starts getting a little more anarchic and a little more wild. Mm-hmm. This is. I'm just going to go ahead and assume this was not part of your life. Uh, uh, speed bitters. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so picture with me, journey through thought. Imagine like a brown bottle, roughly the size of my thumb, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, but wider enough to hold a liquid and it would have an eyedropper. And what it was was speed, but it had like a really bitter taste and you drop two on your tongue or three on your tongue and then get kind of like buzzed up and uh, like your your face would scrunch up like you had bit a lemon. Mm -hmm. Speed bitters, not a nothing. Okay. Um, So they're mixing speed bitters and wine. Okay. Speed to keep them up and the wine to get them to to, to just get them drunk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you (laughs) know what the wine is for. Anyway, I don't have to explain that one. I've heard of wine. Okay. So, uh, you know, the the night's getting a little more wild, a little more out of control. Uh, The smell of sex is in the air by some of the kids. Mm -hmm. They're starting to wander off into rooms together and Mm -hmm. ne'er to be seen again. And then they're seen again Mm -hmm. and kind of this drifty, dreamy state. Um, uh, and through it all, uh, Cyril is forced to pledge allegiance to the devil's triad, um, because he's part of their, he, he knows too much about their mischief. So he, they need him on, uh, they, they want him. It's a sale that's made like, Hey, we want you in our group cause mm-hmm. you're cool, man. Mm-hmm. But they just want to manage, uh, sure. the information, the yeah. flow of information on what's been going on and have, have, uh, their thumb on. Yeah. Under yeah. their thumb. I have him under their thumb. Yes, you know, I was trying to interpret your gesture. Yes, yes, you you got the you got yeah. the gist of it. Um, so they they continue on and and it, things get more and more wild. Uh, 
but the, some of the kids are connecting better. Uh, the, the little blossomy, romancy things interwoven mm-hmm. with uh, not so romantic things, mm-hmm. interwoven with wild things. This is not a specific pitch, but just okay. the vignettes go sure. here. Okay, with great difficulty, they okay in the in the floatier sense. Um, and then uh, they're well and drunk. These upperclassmen, the three of them, they're they're pretty much out of control, and they are going whole hog on it. They are going to just take whatever they want, mm-hmm. and that is kind of like the 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 control of the whole school. So they do, and uh, the, the part of that is incredible violence against the underclassmen. This is the thing that really happened: mm-hmm. is they took this one kid uh, and they put a coat on him. And then they sprayed the coat down with cologne Mm -hmm. and then they lit the cologne on fire and pushed him down the the stairwell and just like let him roll down. Okay. Um, That kid ended up hiding in our room in the bathroom and then they came like they were going room by room looking for him. Like we want want to light him on fire again. And we we hid him in the shower under some towels and they, you know, did a perfunctory check of our room. And we haven't seen him. We don't know where he is. Maybe he went back to his room. Anyway. Is uh, that your midpoint? I think that should be your midpoint. Is is Springboard 5 the midpoint? Uh, No. Or is that too late? One, two, three. Four. Four is the midpoint because we're going to eight. Okay, we're a little late for the midpoint. We can slide that back a little bit if you want. Um, up to this point, um, I'm going to, I'm just going to throw this out there. Hit me, hit me. Nothing has happened. (laughs) (laughs) But no, man, it's not that kind of story. That's that's like other stories, man. This one is about nothing happening. And you can make that work Mm -hmm. if you give your main character a strong desire that we can track. And it doesn't have to be an external goal. If that's, if you are against that for this movie, it doesn't have to be like, I'm trying to bring order. Steal the Declaration of Independence. It can totally be, I am trying to gain social acceptance. And so we see him doing that in all these different ways. That's exactly what it is. And that's cool, but you still need something to happen at the midpoint. Because that's kind of the latest, I think, that you can like have something actually big kind of because you're getting into like violence and that sounds like the first time we've seen action yeah, 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 you know yeah, what I yeah, mean yeah, yeah. so no to load in the in the log line a cloud of violence yeah, and then just have like, one kid get pushed down the if, stairs if it's not, I were developing this story, please 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 I'd rather say, you do right now we want to see that kid get lit on fire at springboard three Okay. So that's like, you know, if you're talking traditional 120 page script, that's like page 45, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the um, reign of terror begins in earnest. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, so I would say the girl killing herself is your inciting incident. Okay. Um, so you're going Rick and Morty rules, like take your story and just load yeah, it into the first yeah, 10% because, and then... Because you have to have something happening. Yes, <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? Um, so inciting incident is she kills herself. So the, that triggers the rest of the stuff. The the guy has to leave. It's just the female proctor. Your kid is saying, oh, the you know, the situation has changed. My debate now is like, can I use this to my advantage to get the social acceptance that I want? He gets yes. in with the older upperclassmen. That little Machiavellian they, sellout. <laughs> no, but he goes to the cafeteria with them. They get all the food. Ooh, it's yeah. lots of fun. And I'm part of the it's gang naughty. and whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then um, the break into two is when they're like, uh, hey, you're one of us now. Keep our secrets, right? Yeah. And he's like, cool, I'm doing the things that I, I need to do to get the thing that I want, right? And yep. that's your break into two. And then it's all downhill from there. They're lighting people on fire. Yep. Yep. He's trying to manage. Who, so much who, business with the pool. <laughs> well, There's... he's trying to manage, like, this is who I am and who I know I am, which is not a person who lights people on fire. But I also really want to be friends yeah, with these people who be... do light people on yeah. fire. So what do I do? What do I do, right? Now, do we get into a 
Chappaquiddick situation where the average person is going to be like, yo, dude, that's not acceptable. That's not, well, I'm not riding with you on but that. But I think the difference is that he killed someone in Chappaquiddick. Okay. <laughs> like, lighting a kid on fire is is dangerous. But, but it's if just that cologne. Kid, the cologne's going to burn really yeah, fast. And it's scarier kid, than it is if dangerous. If we see that that kid isn't actually hurt, it's sort of like, it's just kids being stupid. And we all know that kids are okay. stupid because we've all been stupid. Yeah, yeah. We've all been kids who are stupid, right? Yes, yes, yes. So I think that's a much easier sell. And and that's kind of the fun of this concept is like, whoa, what is going to happen when, the, when there yes. are no adults in the picture? You know what I mean? So... And here's uh, the blind spots are obvious. Like everything that's in this, I feel emotionally connected to. So mm-hmm. I feel like I can sell the emotions. Mm-hmm. But to have somebody who's not emotionally connected be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you're not selling the emotions. So <laughs> well, and it think, helps. It really and helps. And I think you can sell the emotions in yes. the, you know, in the scenes. And that'll yes, be great. Yes, yes. And but so does, that will make this more than just Animal House at a boarding school. Yes, <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? But I'm not pitching scenes. Right. I'm right. pitching a story. Pitching so I better have. Framework of the story. Yeah, I better right? have a yeah. good framework. Yes. Because here's the thing, you can make emotional scenes within a good framework too. Yeah. You don't need a loosey goosey <laughs> right. framework. Right. Yeah. Yes. Looking at you, Virgin Suicides. <laughs> but so, so yeah. If I if I had my druthers, you're yes. lighting him on fire for the first time would be um, basically springboard three, and then yes. you would probably have something at the midpoint happen, which is like, okay, it, this just got actually dangerous. Where it's probably not going to be cologne that burns off really quickly. It's like somebody's really getting hurt and your yeah. main character has to decide whether he's going along with this or not, you know? Whether so. he's down to clown, as they say. <laughs> I don't know who says that, but sure. <laughs> okay. Um, let's let's get into the final levers okay. of this story. Um, uh, what, what, what it all adds up to is... Um, they have this very wild night mm-hmm. and uh, come morning light, everybody has this sense of like, we're going to get annihilated. Like we, mm-hmm. there is no way we got away with all of that. Uh, day one goes by nothing. Day two goes by nothing. Day three goes by nothing. Hmm. Uh, it's very, very unsettling. And I, I would say that this is act three, which I don't know if there's a way to make nothing happening. <laughs> Your third act. Sure. But bear with me a minute. Mm -hmm. What he discovers is that all this nothing happened because the devil's triad went to the female proctor and said, if you say a word about this, we know where you live and we will destroy you. They successfully intimidated her. Mm -hmm. So when the male proctor got back, she said, yeah, there was some naughtiness. There were some kids chit-chatting in the hall, but nothing really. I mean, they were mostly well-behaved. Lights were out at 1030 instead of 10. Like she, hook, line, and sinker got intimidated into not saying a word about this. Mm -hmm. Um so th- what what ends up happening is uh, Sarah, and this is where the truth diverges. I did mm-hmm. nothing sure. heroic in this situation. Sarah <laughs> okay. um, has to decide, does he want to tell the male proctor what happened, lifting this this threat from the female proctor's head that it she's obviously believed like she is living in fear of the other students now, mm-hmm. knowing that when he does, He implicates Lagrima, and she will be removed from the school because of her strict parents. Why does he implicate her? Because she was there when they went to the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And if he rats out those three boys about the kitchen Mm -hmm. incident, she's going to go down with him. Like, there's no way out of that. Yeah. Because it's going to get back that it was him that ratted. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's that's the the big choice at the end. Mm -hmm. And I would hope to God, let me check my notes. Oh, he does it. 
Um, okay, so is that enough for a third so, act? And is that enough heart heart pressure? Yeah, or not I mean, really. I, I think, or is it too that, mechanical? No, 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 no. I think that what's um, what will be important in making that work is how much you can make us care about this choice that he's making, right? Yes. So it's the it's the it's the stakes, the the real stakes of the story, but then also more than that, it's the emotional stakes for him. Like if you can set all of that up, like how important it is, like basically why this girl is so important to him, um what, you know, why he why she can't go back home and that's an okay thing. What you know? if just a yeah. what if, just what if, uh, mom and dad never come to the school after the suicide attempt. Mm-hmm. That's actually what did happen. But uh, from there, Honeycomb opens up to Lagrima. Like there's finally, she finally opens up. So mm-hmm. there's, if she's gone, then Honeycomb's back to being alone again. Honeycomb already killed herself. No, no, no. She survived it. Oh. She went to get her stomach pumped. I thought she killed herself. No, no, no. It was an, an attempt, it. an attempt, an okay. attempt. Okay, okay. She, so she gets back to the school. Yeah. And she starts opening up yeah. to this one person who's uh, just an incredibly sweet, warm-hearted girl. Right. And to lose her could cost Honeycomb, uh, Honeycomb's only friend. Like, this yeah. is a choice he's I, having to make. I think that that can work as long as you, again, it's, it's you know, this is where you get to play with all that emotional stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. just make us care about that choice for him. Make us yeah. understand um, sort of what it what it means to him to have to make that choice, yeah, um, and sort of make us understand like how the implications of that choice will stick with him for a long time, mm-hmm. and what you know how they're basically the ripple effect that they're going to have through the lives of the kids and and through his life specifically. Because if it's really a choice about what happens to other people, it's sort of like okay, there's no guarantee that that girl's going to kill herself again or try to kill herself again if you send her friend away, right? So that's yeah. that's maybe stakes. That's like, maybe that'll happen. Yeah, you could yeah, probably yeah. do something else to prevent that if you do this one action, right? You yes. know what I mean? Like, you send her friend away, you can still get that girl help. Yes. So that's a little bit like, okay, that's sure, that's some stakes. Okay, yep, 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 that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> I'm, I want to argue it, but I will not because you're right. <laughs> but, um, but, so, but I do think if, I, I think it can work if you, if you can basically cement all of those emotions and cement all of our understanding of what this choice means, why it's such a big deal, how it will affect everyone mm-hmm. and make those, make those outcomes feel very real yep. uh, and very inevitable, you know, yeah, so that we understand yeah. why this is such a big, hard thing for him to decide to do. And I think the question about making nothing happen be act three, as long as there's tension there. Yes. Um, and again, tension comes from setting up some stakes that we care about, right? Yep, and yep, yep. then teasing us about whether those are going to come to bear and showing us that the characters are worried and that, you know, like giving us some of that, will it happen, won't yeah, it happen yeah, stuff, right? Yeah. Um, then I think you can make the nothing happening work because you can still have your characters doing other things. It's not like they're just waiting, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. maybe they're spying, maybe they're trying to find out if anybody knows anything, they're feeling each other out, you know, maybe they're... I don't know what else. Have you ever not gotten in trouble for something like did and then had to be there because it's a very it's scarier than getting in trouble trouble, like wondering (laughs) wondering when the axe will drop is terrifying. I don't think so. I was a pretty good kid. That's the thing. (laughs) We got to go like uh, (laughs) 
smash into a tree or something with a car. Like we got to get you in trouble. Oh, once I did or that. Twice. You did? <laughs> yeah. Wrap around or? No, it was just destroying a car. Okay. Well, yeah. it, 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 all things are fleeting in this <laughs> life anyway. So I, I don't know. That's not so bad. I was expecting like front load more of the yeah. events and make sure you sell the emotions. I was expecting yeah. a lot worse on this go. I think front load, I mean, basically move everything up and then essentially figure out what your midpoint is because it doesn't have to be the like, oh, some big you know, thing happens that he has to choose whether to go with the older kids or not. It yeah. could be, it could be any other turning point that you want it to be. Anything that that increases the opposition or raises the stakes in a major way for him from okay. for the main character, not just for the story in general, right? Okay. Um, and then. I'm curious what the second half of your story will be, because I think if you move everything up, I don't know what the second half of act two is. Is it, is it actual danger? Is it, um, you know, have they like, how does it escalate? Basically? How is it different than the first half of act two? There are very many ways it could escalate. Mm -hmm. This, this is a, an entire campus. There are plenty of, plenty of ways like you just have a, a sandbox to play in at sure. that point both both for uh acts of intimidation acts of violence acts of romance acts of yeah. intimacy acts of uh companionship like there's just so much yeah so I, much I, think, I don't have a specific answer no, 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 but i do i think we totally can totally fine but i think that the thing to keep in mind is that if you're sort of we've used this as an example, so I'm just going to go with it. If you're mm -hmm. saying that the main character's story goal, the thing that he's pursuing is social acceptance, right? Then you want to make sure that the second half of act two is really all of those escalated situations mm -hmm. are really poking at that. Yes. It's challenging yes. that goal, yes. right? So it's like forcing him to do more and more or to compromise more and more or to sell his friends out more and more. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's how you want to see those things escalate. And then, um, and then the end of act two is probably, I mean, it's, it's where he's going to learn his, whatever lesson you want to give him for the story, which is like, I don't actually care about social acceptance enough to do that or to be with those people or whatever yeah, that is, yeah. you know? Um, so he, he, he probably figures out that it's not worth it to, to change who he is or, you know, whatever, yeah. however you want to articulate that, that takeaway message. And then the break into three is like, okay, I learned my lesson. Now am I going to get in trouble for what yeah. I actually did all that time? And it's the tension of waiting to see and then turning into a better person. And the, yeah. And actually applying it once he understands right. the full complexity of, yeah. of what he's built with these yeah. other people. And I think making that, you know, selling the teacher intimidation or proctor mm -hmm. intimidation is important, too, because it's sort of like, I think we want to know that, I think we want to know that it's a, it's a real, like, everything up to then, up to that point mm -hmm. could have been just, you know, kids having fun, but this is like actual criminal activity. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? That he's like, okay, they've, I knew they were bad. I knew I didn't want to be a part of it, but now they've gone too far. Like yeah, that's, yeah. this is, this is like real world stuff that I have to put on my big boy pants and deal with, you know? She never called their bluff. They knew which street she lived on. They didn't know the address and mm -hmm. they just said the street name mm -hmm. and that's how they got her. That's, yeah. they totally. I mean, if you're 21, that would probably be enough. Yeah. And it's three old. of them yeah. standing over you. Yeah. It's, it's enough. Yeah, it's for sure. I think there's a lot of screws we can turn. It's yeah. A, uh, I think you may have to, um, take the real events and heighten them a little bit. Absolutely. Know, they've them, they've yeah. been heightened a bit, okay. a bit, a bit, <laughs> but I'd be, I'd only be happy to heighten them. more. Yeah. I'm just thinking because like, okay, yes. In real life, if I'm a 20 year old woman mm -hmm. and I have three 
you know, 18 year old men, basically like they're bigger than me and whatever, intimidating me. It's a noisy day. Here come those <laughs> three 18 year old men right now. <laughs> no, th- yes, that would be, that would be enough to scare me. I, I don't know if I would be so intimidated not as not to say anything, right? Yeah. But that would be scary. But I think in a movie you want it to again, it's it's going back to the maybe stakes, right? It's like yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. but is this oh, no, definitely no, no. a dangerous situation? We can really yeah. we can right. really dig our teeth wanna, into that. You want to make it clear what's yes. going to happen yes. or what the threat is, you know? And this is one of those things I think um I, I'm I'm speaking for myself, but maybe for uh, everyone. When you're adapting a story of your own life, have somebody outside of your head who wasn't there for any of it to be like, yeah, that's not enough. Because yeah. it feels, all of this feels so real and intense to me sure. that I'm like, yeah, why would you need to? But to have somebody, to have, have a second mind who's, like yeah, no, that doesn't it doesn't work on the screen. It might have worked in your memories as you it's replay like, them, but it's like screening your vacation videos in a theater. You know? Yes, I mean. yes, yes. Thank you for cutting me down to size. That's exactly what it's like. Well, and, well put. And the challenge of adaptation, like as we've been talking about in the last couple episodes, is like taking the real events and mm-hmm. shaping them into you know a, a movie worthy story first of all, and then also like shaping the placement of the events to give that story structure, you yes, know? Yeah. To you're working in a medium. Yeah. Like you, you, you can't make a painting out of clay and just be yeah. like, it's a clay painting now deal with it. it <laughs> well, and you you got to make a statue out of clay to um, reference our, our last episode. Your um, metaphor was better. Let's, let's dwell on that for a minute. Mine sucked. <laughs> no, but um, where we were talking about before was, um, you know, the, how you, how you shape the story, basically mm-hmm. where you place those story events, your are give, is giving your story structure and that structure conveys the meaning of the story. Right. So like your, and story, you said you weren't going to get academic today, please <laughs> only in the pitch section. Um, but no, that, but the story you're telling is about a kid who is coming to the realization that there is a line that he's unwilling to cross even for social acceptance. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is a, apparently very important to him because he's a teenage boy. Um, as like, it, come as, on, as like as girls are exempt no, 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 from, as, from as that. As it's important to all teenagers yeah. and all people. Okay. So, so uh, social acceptance, very important, but he's, he's being, you know, pushed to the limit of what mm-hmm. he's willing to do to get that. Right. Which is yeah. great. It's a great, that's a great story. Um, you could take those same events and, and shape them in a different way to give it a different takeaway message. And that's the, that's the beauty of adapting, you know, material, right? Like you get to figure out what it means to you and then tell that story. I, yeah, I agree, (laughs) but I don't think I'm going to change. I like this one as uh, like what's right and what's wrong and how do I, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times your first instinct about what this, what you want the story to be really does convey kind of what it means to you, you know, because it's like you are naturally drawn to like that meaning. You know what we should do is every pitch I do, we should have a ranking board on the ones that you think are the most adaptable and then we'll like move them up and down as, (laughs) as we go along. The most, the most adaptable meaning the most likely to be written? Yeah. The most, the, the things that would make a good 120 pages or a hundred pages or whatever. And then at the end of a season, we'll take number (laughs) one and I'll actually write it or something. All right. Um, are we good? Yeah, I think we're good. Then it is time for the thing that we didn't even discuss oh beforehand. So you better you better put your your uh, fake it till you make it hat on because yeah. you got seven point nine seconds okay. to think of your. Something, anything else, 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 else. 
Else, 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 else. Thank else, you for the extended <laughs> buying me a little time. Why don't you go first? Do you have one? Why don't I go? I've got an excellent reason. <laughs> now, in this segment, we talk about something that is not movie. Movies are off the table. We have to discuss some aspect of our lives that is not movie related. Yeah. Um, what aspect of your life is not movie related? <laughs> and week after week, we come to this moment where we realize no aspect yeah. of our lives. Um, I got a good one. Okay. I got a, I got a good one. Okay. Um, you, you, I'm sure you are, you are aware of the Hollywood fishbowl mm-hmm. on which you have been a guest. Yes. We are currently, this is just a plug. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> the cheapest shot I've ever taken on that's something. Anything totally else. fine. Uh, we are currently in a mini series on improv comedy. Oh, very cool. Pluck and talent from UCB, whoever has the time. Um, and, and the interest and the invite, and it has been awesome, partially because the conversations have been great, but partially because we hit a milestone in the Hollywood fishbowl. Uh, you know that my little sister is a third character. Uh-huh. We have had our first and second guest that she knew before listening to the episode. Oh. When she saw their names come up, oh. she texted me and said, you got da-da-da? <laughs> How did you get da-da-da? Oh, that's cool. Uh, Ifian Wadiwe and Carl Tart were both on, and she was uh, she justifiably <laughs> impressed. <laughs> nice. Well, good. So, so um, that means you've, you've like reached the big leagues. Yes, yes. Or, when, when Selena knows the guest before <laughs> listening to the episode, that's yeah, made it yeah. in, in Hollywood fishbowl terms. <laughs> uh, so definitely check that out. If you have any questions about what it is like to be to come up from nothing and grow a career in improv comedy. These are the four to listen to. And and so far, if he's in sight, Carl's in sight, we have Mano Agapian on next week. All three of them have just been fonts of wisdom in much the same way that you were a font mm. of wisdom and insight into the storytelling process. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad I could contribute. You did. Uh, that's my something, okay. anything else. And now that I've burnt that one, I do not get a freebie week again <laughs> for a long time, do I? I guess that's it. How's your eye? Oh, God. I'm I, trying to hint at, yeah. at any. <laughs> no, that's, this is not, I mean, this is a something, anything else, but I'm going to the doctor after, cool. after we're done recording. So. That's your something, anything yeah. else. I th- we're going to have to work on this segment or retire know, it. We might not have interests outside of film. I think we might have to, um, we might have to go with like a recommendation. Mini Ooh, recommendation station. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's just what I clicked on first. What is your recommendation? Let's start. Let's recommendation. swing by. Okay. Uh, this is an old standby restaurant. In LA, is that okay? What is a stand? Does that mean like you it have to get I on li- a list? No, no, no. It means I like to go there. Oh, okay. And I d- okay. It's not new. Okay. Okay. The old standby. Have you not heard this? Phrase? No, I thought like standby was like when <laughs> you take a flight. You're if there's oh, an no. empty seat, you'll get on no. the plane. Okay. Is this the kind of recommendation we're doing, or are we doing film and TV recommendations? It is recommendation station. All it has to be is a recommendation. Okay. Well, now I'm torn. No, okay, the I'll, restaurant we'll, is perfect. We'll restaurant. Please don't leave us hanging like this. What is the name? Okay, there's a restaurant on La Brea in LA called Otis. They do really good um, breakfast, lunch, and I think they have dinner now too. It's just a little tiny cafe, but they have mm-hmm. a really cute little patio in the back so you can take your dog, sit outside. They bring and they have seats. Yes. Standby doesn't mean that you have to stand while you eat. Okay. They give you a chair. You eat your food. It's really good. Um, It's uh, there's you eat your food. (laughs) That was was my next question. Actually, (laughs) they have some Vietnamese and Thai influence, but it's not necessarily a Vietnamese or Thai restaurant. Okay. Um, It's just really delicious, delicious food and good coffee. 
What's the name of it once more? Otis. It's O-T-U-S. Otis. Mm-hmm. Okay, like POTUS, but without the P. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Is sure. it, does it stand for of the United States? No, I don't think so, but okay. I, I'm not really sure, so maybe. Okay, we'll leave that at a hard <laughs> maybe. I like Recommendation Station. Yeah. What am I recommending? Interview with a Vampire. Okay. I can't wait to talk to you about that We're one. We're talking about that next week, right? We are, okay. yes. Yeah, so that's um, everybody. Put your... Put your glammy ass vampire hats on and take a look at interview with the vampire. Your ruffled shirts, whatever it is, your your, <laughs> your little rings with knives on the tip, yeah. and your Jesus, that's a handsome face masks. Because <laughs> good lord, are they handsome in that they movie? Are. It's obscene. Vampires are handsome. Even the non-vampires are All stunningly of them. gorgeous. <laughs> And it's another Kirsten Dunst week. We yeah. didn't even talk about her. I don't understand how she exists. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a, a, a unique woman. We have had kids. We have had trucks. Now we are having birds. What is happening? Congregating. It's the conversation here on Movies. The podcast <laughs> is so hot. Everyone turns out for it. Where can people find you if they enjoyed what they heard? Oh, gosh. They can find me in my Facebook group, which is the Screenplay Lab, or they can find me on my... Digital Home, yes, <laughs> which yes. is rightandco.com. Excellent. Uh, you can find me in my feelings about immigration anytime <laughs> and uh, at moviesthepodcast.com. And what if we started actually maintaining the at Movies the Pod on Twitter and Instagram? That's, that would be a good idea. That's an excellent idea. Let's let's try to do that for okay. this week. And that is it. We have a... I, I'm going to give you a choice. Okay. Do you want the song that was the anthem of this night of chaos, mm-hmm. or do you want a delightful uh, Israeli children's song? To anthem. Write? The anthem of the night? Yeah. All right. That's what it'll be. The <laughs> anthem of the night was uh, First We Take Manhattan by Leonard Cohen. Okay. So that, that should give you some idea of what, what the mood of the film is supposed <laughs> to be. And with that, we are going to say a heartfelt goodbye. Goodbye. years of boredom for trying to change the system from within I'm coming now I'm coming to reward them first we take Manhattan then we take Berlin Guided by a signal in the heavens I'm guided by this birthmark on my skin I'm guided by the beauty of our weapons First, we take Manhattan 
Then we take Berlin Then we take Berlin. 